Welcome to another episode of Indiana Politics. I'm Deb Chubb, and we're very pleased today to be with Brandon Evans, who is the, I think, founding director of um, HOPE. And so we're going to hear a little bit more about that, um, about your organization and what you're doing. Um, and uh, we want to preface this whole conversation with some numbers. Uh, and that is that there are something around a half a million uh, people in uh, Indiana who are not registered to vote, who are eligible to register and not registered. And you'll have to correct me if I'm saying these numbers wrong, but that's my, that was my understanding. And that there's another 1.6 million uh, people in Indiana who are registered but did not vote in 2020. So, um, so these, are, these are outrageous numbers, uh, considering that uh, Biden-Harris lost Indiana by a little less than 500,000 votes uh, statewide. So, uh, so this is you know, just critical. Uh, and so we're very pleased that you have uh, put together this organization and are addressing this. And so um, I just want to turn it over to you and let you, you know, let you introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us more about HOPE. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. First off, um, a lot of my mentors and heroes have already been on your show, like Christina Hale, for example. And so I, am, uh, I'm, I feel privileged to be on the show in the first place. Oh, so very thank nice. you. Thank you. Yeah, to talk about HOPE. So HOPE, or Hoosiers Organized People Energized, is what it stands for, is a new nonpartisan organization um, that we have founded that aims to build a better Indiana by ensuring that every single Hoosier has access to the ballot box. Um, and so we came up with the idea for HOPE um, from talking with people all over Indiana over the last couple of years and, and just hearing time and time again that people are tired of the status quo, um, but didn't know how to fix it, right? Or didn't know what was the first step they wanted to take. Um, I also saw firsthand how some of the best and brightest Hoosiers um, and their communities were being left out of the decision-making conversations. And that's on both sides of the aisle, to be honest, and especially at our state house. Um, there, there's a general consensus that um, people are not being included, that their voice is not being heard. Um, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, it doesn't matter where you stand on the, the political spectrum. That is a, a general consensus that we have in Indiana right now, I feel. Um, and so when, when you go into the numbers you were talking about, when you do look at um, voter turnout and voter registration numbers in Indiana, we just regularly rank in the bottom 10 of the country for both. Um, so we're the worst in the Midwest. Um, so worse than Ohio, worse than Kentucky, worse than Michigan, worse than Wisconsin, Illinois. Um, and, and so our goal as HOPE is uh, focused on solving this problem by streamlining the registration process and creating effective um, ways to ensure that the voices of every Hoosier are not only heard, but organized to expand our state's voting electorate. Excellent. So, um, so you're going to be going out there and trying to first register these uh, something around 500,000 people in Indiana. Is it? And I think, but I've heard, I think your goal is really 100,000. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're a baby organization. Yeah. We, uh, this is uh, actually our one month anniversary is today. I just realized. Oh, so, congratulations. <laughs> so we're exactly one month old right now. And so, yeah, we have a, a pretty high goal of, of uh, verifying or registering 100,000 um, Hoosiers um, to vote in, in 2021. So that's our goal right now. Great. And so, um, so your mission um, for the short term is to really design, I think, ways to find people and get them registered. And this is a really interesting, it feels like it's almost a kind of a cottage industry of 
how do you find people who are not registered? I've been doing voter registration for you know decades, and I've always been racking my brain. Uh, you know, I oh, you know, I'm going to go to the homecoming high school football game, and that was it's been a pretty good one. Yeah. I've stood outside the Dollar General in the parking lot and just you know stood there for hours, you know, just asking people. So, um, but I know you've got some great ideas too. Tell us, tell us some of your terrific initiatives. Yeah, you're totally right. You know, like how do you register 100,000 people, right? How do you get that done? And so um, the first thing that we did was to help streamline that process. We have partnered with vote.org, which is that national voter registration organization. Um, we were actually very fortunate that Andrea Haley, their CEO, is actually a Hoosier and lives in Indianapolis. And so um, she recently moved back from uh, D.C., I believe. But um, and so uh, we're very fortunate in that nature that we have their partnership and help. And we're using all their digital tools um, to help register uh, folks and, and Hoosiers. Um, and so one of our ideas, though, was uh, like kind of we're just stating, like, how do you get outside of your own circle of friends or your own, you know, bubble of people and your own um, kind of beliefs? Like, how do you register new people, people that aren't involved? Right. And so one of the ways we're going about it is we are um, partnering with restaurants, boutiques, um, uh, manufacturing companies, all kinds of things to create these business partnerships. Um, and doing two programs. One is what we're calling the Vision 100 Pledge, um, where, where if your uh, business is not primarily uh, public facing, but you have you know, 100 employees or 20 employees, 50 employees, it doesn't really matter, you're taking this pledge to attempt to register 100% of your employees. And so that's one way we're doing it. And so reaching people where they are is a big uh, philosophy that we have, you know, whether that's work, church, play, whatever that is, right? And so that's one way. Our secondary way is for the more public facing businesses. And so these, you know, stores, restaurants, you know, boutiques, whatever they are, um, we are uh, providing signage and, and tools. Um, and so say you're, you know, shopping at your favorite store, you go to check out and they say, oh, by the way, are you registered to vote? You can verify or register by scanning this card. QR code, scan the card, automatically loads the registration form up you know, and it takes a, you know, 10 minute process from if they had paper forms sitting there to a couple minute process at most. And so um, those are two ways that we're launching. Um, and we'll be actually launching our first business cohort um, in uh, April. And so I'm really excited. We're still building that out right now. And so I can't uh, give away too much of the, <laughs> the specifics, but we will be launching that and you'll see lots of stuff about that. Um, I'm sure coming soon. But yeah, we are constantly thinking of and challenging ourselves, like how do we get, how do we register that many people, right? And so those are a couple ways. Another um, program that we're, we're uh, haven't started, um, but we're looking to start is um, going back to those numbers you talked about, Indiana actually has the largest proportion of under 18 year olds in the Midwest. And so, and so if you think about that, like roughly a hundred thousand, give or take number wise each year, depending on the year, um, are becoming eligible to vote every year. And so, and we know we have a brain drain problem and a lot of them leave, right? And go to college and different things. Um, but if we can, if we're capable of registering, you know, a ton of those uh, or a large percentage of those um, coming of age voters, um, then we feel that we'll be able to uh, grab a hold of them um, and they'll be lifelong voters. We know that voting is habitual in pattern and if you start early, you most likely will continue voting for the rest of your life. And so um, that is one program we're also looking at right now is, is starting is how do we um, 
either have a pledge to register program even before they turn 18 um, and or, um, you know, how do we reach those voters in the most efficient and uh, easiest way. So. And I know, you know, there are some states um, who I think are doing it, but it's I've certainly heard of it as a policy um, to allow uh, students or young people um, to do the pre motor voter registration. So, you know, kids um, become 16, they go get their driver's license, but they're not old enough to register. Um, and then they won't come back to the license bureau for that voter motor opportunity, um, uh, you know, for too many years. And so um, wouldn't it be great if when they went in when they were 16 and they got their driver's license, they were, you know, automatically registered, you know, which, and, but not activated until they were 18. So um, I think that's a great policy that would be worth um, looking at in the future. Although um, now, of course, we have to bring up the fact that in fact, our legislature is kind of going the other way. Um, so, so yeah, so let's talk about, um, uh, I think it's Senate Bill 353 that mm -hmm. um, puts a lot more hoops on uh, absentee ballot voting in particular. Yeah, so Senate Bill, um, and I took some notes to make sure I'm saying this right, Senate Bill 353, um, it, it's, uh, basically, the bill prohibits either the governor or the Indiana Election Commission from enacting uh, election changes. And so um, this is a direct reaction of when they allowed absentee voting during the pandemic, right, during a primary. They did not allow it during the general election, sadly, um, and endangered many Hoosiers. Um, and, and there were some great organizations like uh, Vote Safe Indiana and some others who were, who were fighting for that. Um, and so Senate Bill, what Senate Bill... 353 does is it takes those powers away from the governor and the Indiana Election Commission and puts them in the hands of the state legislature. Um, and so uh, in the, the biggest hoop or hurdle, as you mentioned, is that it um, makes you uh, use your last four of your digits on your social security number and or your driver's license number to apply um, for an absentee ballot application. And if those don't match with how you registered to vote, they can throw out your absentee ballot. Um, and so, and, yeah. Um, and no notice or? I, I, unclear, honestly, it's not written in the bill. And so- You wouldn't, might not even know. Right, <laughs> and so besides creating more hassle and confusion for voters, um, there's, there's another argument that this legislation actually violates the Voting Rights Act that we have in America. And it's likely to generate yet again, another voting rights lawsuit that the taxpayers will end up paying for because the state of Indiana will lose. Um, the, what the Voting Rights Act actually says is that, um, General Rose correctly, the states cannot deny the right to vote to anyone simply because of an error or mission right. on the application. And, and that's clearly what, you know, SB 353 is trying to do. And so, so the legality of it is already in question, but um, in, in general, and so um, that and I is- I will tell you, you know, I have to say that just, you know, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but I get really like, really scared when I see any bill that removes authority from the election commissions and the right. local election boards. And just because we know that after that 2020 election, you know, that was one of Trump's first ideas was let's go to these legislatures and see if they'll overturn the yep. certification of election results by you know bo election boards and commissions and secretaries of state, and um, and so I'm I'm just really maybe okay maybe I'm a little paranoid, <laughs> but this possibility that um, you know that that might be the case that at some future election 
that if you know someone doesn't like the way the election turned out, that they could go to a you know a legislature. And of course, like so many legislatures around the country, ours is you know a super majority. Um, at least many, most are majority Republican, um, and they would happily just turn, you know, throw out those election results. So that really just that just really makes me, you know, shake in my boots. Um, yeah, this yeah. whole idea of overriding any election official. Uh, so anyway, so that that's what scares me more about this bill. But, but I know um, just for voting rights, it is, you know, it's going to be yeah. problematic. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it's something like 43 states and uh, have mm -hmm. uh, tried to pass like something like 253 laws um, to uh, suppress or um, change the way voting is done in their states. And so, um, you know, Hope is a nonpartisan organization, but our big belief is making voting um, convenient and easy as possible for Hoosiers. And so we strongly stand opposed to any bill or any law, regardless of um, the partisan divide on the actual bill um, that takes away those rights. And so um, we think it's the complete opposite of what our state legislature should be doing right now. Absolutely. So tell me more about some of this. I, now, I, uh, I've heard of some software that's out there that, um, that can try to pinpoint people who are not registered. Um, I know in my experience, you know, working with VAN, the Democratic Party uh, database, they would have that listed on there but no one ever expected that that was accurate. So, so, but I think, but that was, you know, a few years ago. So maybe now is, is there better software now that will help you in that way? There, there is some software um, and that we're looking at partnering with, especially as more of us get vaccines um, and it's safer to go out and about and have events and, you know, and do things. Um, there are, there's software, there's one called Map the Vote that we've um, looked at a lot um, that basically what it does is um, they have a data list of people that are likely unregistered voters and um, they overlay that on a like Google map interface. And so you type in your address and it pops up your neighborhood or whatever, and it pinpoints all the houses that have likely unregistered voters in them. And so, um, and that's actually a free tool that they offer. So oh, anybody wow. can go do that right now, you know? And so, um, we're, we're, uh, big believers in the fact that there's so much work to do that like we welcome all the help we can get right <laughs> and yeah. so we like we plan on like helping or partnering with some of these um companies like map the vote um there's others too there's others that will provide just the straight data to you um that if you were using some sort of tool like van you could upload and and, and make targeted like walk lists that way um, and so there's, there's lots of, yeah, tools and data and stuff out there that we'll be incorporating as we move forward. Um, cause, um, it, it is, uh, just so many people that, um, we need to be as efficient as possible in doing it. And so we will have a lot of those traditional programs, like traditional canvassing and organizing programs that you would think about on political campaigns. Um, but uh, additionally, we are continually trying to think outside of that bubble, you know, and with these business partnerships and, you know, maybe school yeah. partnerships and things like that. We want to be able to interact with, again, people where they are. And so if that's at their house and because we're knocking on their door, great, let's do, let's go, you know. But if that's also at their place of work or um, their favorite store or favorite restaurant, you know, 
um, that's you know even better. And so we're looking at uh, any and all solutions. And so if people listening have ideas, um, more than welcome to send us a message. Um, you know, our contact email is, is on our website with hopewewin.com. Um, and I will gladly hop on a phone call or uh, Zoom or whatever with anybody and talk to anybody, so. Oh, that's great. And so, you know, I guess um, I want to ask you, are you concentrating in certain areas of the state? And this is kind of a two-part question because the other part is, how many volunteers do you think you'll need to really, you know, reach your goal? Yeah, and so... Um, generally speaking, just population wise, the most people live in places like Marion County, Lake County, Allen County, you know, um, you could start adding in Vandenberg County, places of that nature, right? And so, uh, but we're also big believers in going everywhere. And so um, a lot of the work may be centered in um, high population or density population places of, of that nature, right? Just because there's more people there that are unregistered. Uh, but but additionally, we are we are really interested in making sure everyone voices everyone's voice is heard properly. That they have a seat at the table. That they're involved in decision making processes that affect their lives. Um, and so one of the ways we're doing that is we are partnering with a lot of different organizations up and down the state. And so. Um, one example, um, or a couple examples would be, um, we're partnering with Women for Change, for example, mm-hmm. um, and their amazing work that they're doing. We're partnering with uh, the Indiana Muslim Advocacy Network uh, and different organizations like that, different AAPI groups. Um, and, and so we, we really want to make sure that these communities that um, have historically been, um, uh, their votes have been suppressed or oppressed, however you want to say it, um, that their voices are heard, that it's easy and convenient for them, just like everyone else, um, and, and that um, that we are doing that in a culturally competent way as well. And so I know as a um, straight white guy that I am not the best person to walk into every room, right? And so um, that's also why we have a really great team around us. Uh, one of our co-founders, Ariel Brandy, um, um, who I believe you talked to as well, is... Yeah, yep. um, uh, awesome. Yes, she's amazing. So, um, and, and so we, uh, yeah, and so we're, we're building this rather large team. And one of the things that we know is going to be key to our success is our coalition building, our teamwork, um, and how we work with others. And so we were, as an organization, um, kind of one of the things that internally we talk about a lot already is um, in our uh, month that we've existed is that long, we... Long one month. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Seems like a long month for sure. So uh, is that we want to um, lead by example on how we work with others and how we work with other groups and how inclusive we are. And so that is just an operational goal that we have is making sure um, again, as we talked about targeting certain populations that um, we are being as inclusive as possible in this and so and, and um, respecting challenges and, and things that they face. And so one example that is the language challenge. Um, and so when we launched our both our website and all of our registration forms are automatically in English and Spanish and we're looking to add many languages on top of that here soon. Um, and so um, those are things that we're thinking about often um, is, is how do we be as inclusive as possible? Oh, that's excellent. And so, you know, those, you know, when you talk, I, you know, I hear Stacey Abrams um, coming uh, out of your mouth, which is delightful. I mean, uh, that was really one of her big keys to success was her coalition building. 
uh, and her, you know, the inclusive nature of her efforts. And, um, you know, and we always have to, you know, give the caveat that, you know, this took her many years. This was not a one year um, success story. Um, she registered, I think, 800,000 people, but it was over like 10 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, we can get there. Yeah, it's we can. And um, I'm also, um, my grandpa has this funny saying that there it's all pockets on the same pair of pants and and that's kind of how I've envisioned registration and voter turnout is that we need you know to do the work in our infrastructure building we need to do the work in our um, um, uh, messaging work um, and this is kind of me as Brandon Evans speaking and not just a uh, hope um, but kind of switching hats, if you will, back over to me as a Democrat living in Indiana. Um, you know, there's a lot of work we need to do and all of it is just as important as what we're doing. Um, and so, but they're all, you know, pockets on the same pair of pants. And so we need them all to work together to, to be successful. Yeah, they are all difficult. So, and as difficult as, you know, we have described voter registration, getting everyone registered, how to find those people, um, get out the vote is, wow, that's even harder. Um, I have tried in my, you know, many, many years of doing this a bazillion things. And that is just a tough nut to crack. Mm -hmm. Getting people to the polls is so hard. Even in Indiana, where we have, I think, 28 days of early voting, um, you know, you would think there's in, in those 28 early days of voting, I think there's a couple of Saturdays in there, uh, mm -hmm. at least in our county. And I'm not sure if it, it's probably not even the same in all the counties. Anyway, but, you know, just trying to get people, I, I know one year I held a big party by the courthouse on a Saturday when they were doing uh, voting and, you know, it was great. It was good, but, you know, it was a lot of work and, you know, music and food, you know, uh, and it was great, but it was a lot of work. And I don't know that we really had an impact. Uh, you know, of course, there's all kinds of strategies out there, you know, um, the uh, taking uh, people, giving rides, um, you know, Georgia, of course, was famous for their, what, souls to the polls. Um, but that was Sunday. We don't have Sunday voting here in Indiana. So, um, yeah. so I don't know. Any other great strategies that you're thinking about for get out the vote? Right. So one of the things we're thinking about a lot um, is uh, is that. And one of the things that we heard when we were first. So I spent around two months like talking to a ton of people up and down the state uh, and like asking those this same question, like what are what are you facing? Like what is the actual problem? Right. Like like. And one of the things um, was information on, on voters. Um, they didn't always have that, whether, you know, um, they had something like a van access or not, or lots of other reasons, but like they didn't always have correct information on voters. Um, and, and then secondarily was um, that voters felt um, that voting in Indiana is largely transactional, that someone comes ask you to vote a month or two before the election, and that's the only time you've ever heard of or seen a politician and or somebody working on a campaign in your life. Um, and so there's not a lot of emotional connection to the act of voting. There's not a lot of, it's not grounded in actionable uh, outcomes. Um, and so one of the things Hope wants to do is, um, is build a uh, community or consistent uh, conversation with these folks that we're registering. And so we'll be doing that you know, through email and texting and phone calls and stuff, but also, um, especially as it gets safer to do so, a lot of um, fun in-person events. And so we're already talking about concerts and cookouts and all kinds of stuff up and down the state, right? And so, and partnering- the stuff that they did in Georgia, but, uh, but haven't outlawed here in Indiana yet. That's my clue. Right. It's like, oh, what have they outlawed in Georgia? And they haven't outlawed here. We'll do that. 
it's a good, yeah, it, that's actually just a good playbook to look at. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, and so, so those are the things we want to make, um, we want to ground voting in community and we want to ground voting in outcomes in their lives, right? We want to, you know, show that um, voting actually matters. Because another thing in general that um, people um, s- simply um, are disenfranchised um, um, with both political parties, they're disenfranchised with the act of voting because maybe they had to go one time and they waited six hours, you know, or whatever, right? And so that's not a huge problem um, everywhere in Indiana and Marion County, where I'm from, that is a, a giant problem. We have insane long lines. Um, and well, so- the gerrymandering, you know, makes it feel very futile. And, and on both sides, you know, on, di- on districts that are gerrymandered Democratic, people are like, why should I go? There's going to be a Democrat. And likewise, on Republican uh, yep. gerrymandered districts. 100. So that is a big problem. Yeah. And so uh, one of the ways that um, we, again, are trying to think about it differently is how do we form community around these people, right? And so if we are successful and we verify register 100,000 people, right, like what buckets those people fall into that they naturally would be involved in their community with, right? And how do we um, help partner or promote those activities, um, through uh, arts, culture, food, music, you know, like all these different things, right, that, that we as human beings, like, love and, and cherish, right, and are so important in our society, um, why wouldn't we connect those with the act of voting, and, uh, and so, um, and I'm not necessarily reinventing the wheel here, right, but it's just something that hasn't been consistently done in Indiana, um, right. in off years especially, and so we want to be a sustainable year-round um, program and, and organization that that helps do these, you know, no matter what election year it is, no matter off year, on year, you know, however you want to put it, right? We want to be there um, taking these actions for people. And we hope, um, no pun intended, that that is how, uh, you know, we boost turnout um, and, and we're capable of, um, you know, uh, turning the tide on our on our low stats when it comes to those right. things. Well, here's a, here's a good messaging idea for you. Yeah. Um, if all, if one third of the people who didn't vote voted for um, Joe Biden, uh, mm-hmm. he would have won our state. Yeah. So, yeah, I go. mean, so many like clear cut. Um, it, it becomes a math problem at some point, right? Like you know, like. Um, and I don't want to be too transactional with it, but like at some point, if we just had X number of voters, you know, things would be different. And so it would, it would be significantly different. And and not only Joe Biden, but you know, these statewide races. Uh, right. And and when this year and well, not this year, next year in twenty twenty two, we have a U.S. Senate race um, mm-hmm. also. Um, so so even if you don't feel like you can make a change in your state house district or state uh, re- uh, Senate district you could make a difference in a U.S. Senate race. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we have four state lines next year, actually. You know, we have the Senate race, we have right. Secretary of State, and then Auditor and Treasurer as well. And, right. so, um, and so, yeah, that, that's, you know, a perfect example of what's coming up and how important this work is. Um, I will also say that there's Republicans also that hate that they're in the supermajority right now. Um, oh, that, that they, there's a lot of, um, this feeling that um, that uh, because of the way it's structured and things like that, that the loudest or the minority is ruling even within the Republican caucus. And so um, there's, there's a lot of, you know, um, common sense Republicans um, in there that um, 
don't like what's going on either, right? And so, well, let's hope they, you know, stand so, up and vote the way no. they feel, <laughs> and right. you know, not just vote lockstep with Republicans and then complain about it. Yeah. So um, they need to take a stand. Yeah. No, I agree one hundred percent. And so it's um, it it is uh, it is clear that I kind of said this at the beginning that people feel unheard right now and that they feel. Um, like there needs to be a change. And, and we feel that one of the ways to do that is by having everyone's voice heard. And if everyone is voting, regardless of the political outcomes, we feel our state will be in a better um, position. So. so, okay, just on practical terms, if people are interested in working on this issue, I assume that you'll be doing some training. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, we will be. So um, especially this summer, we'll, we'll be um, doing some like uh, more traditional canvassing training and things like that. I, we also want to hold um, some kind of like messaging training also um, in general. We feel that um, across the board um, that uh, in general, one of the things we're battling is people not caring as much. And, and so how do we how do we message things in a way that is attractive to people that brings more people into the fold? Um, instead of, you know, excluding people or tiring people out or whatever, you know, and so um, we're going to be doing a little bit of both. Um, we've um, beginning stages and we haven't finalized anything, but we might be partnering with some larger training programs that operate nationally um, to help people. And so all these things we want to be doing to, um, again, just make a better Indiana, right? And so uh, and talking about that, that messaging, um, and this is kind of me again, putting back on my Brandon as a Indiana Democrat and, and not hope hat, but um, we talk about this a lot, um, actually is and so we know that um, uh, one of the challenges for an Indiana Democrat it, it, right now is actually or Indiana Democrats as a whole, is formulating a cohesive message that unites our party's different factions, right? And so we have far left, we have centrist, we have everybody in between, right? Um, so what's a message that brings all those people together? Um, and also includes some Republicans, because we know in reality, we need five, 10% of them in reality to win some statewide elections. And so, um, and so I actually that believe that within that challenge that we're often asking the wrong question, instead of asking what should that message be, um, we should be thinking about how a great message um, doesn't say what's already popular, that a great message actually makes popular what we need to be said or what needs to be said. Mm. And so, um, and, and so instead of continually asking what that message should be, we should be looking for um, a correct framework to make popular what we need to say, right? And so, uh, we've, we've kind of started to come up um, with with attributes that lead to that framework. And and so I, and a lot of this, honestly, I, I've read a ton and listened a ton. And a lot of this has came from the teachings of like George Lakoff and uh, Natshankar Asario, who, who you might have heard of, like linguists who are um, kind of a very popular, especially on the more progressive or left side. And so some of those attributes, though, um, I, I think that we personally struggle with in Indiana a lot is that we, we desperately need to lead with our shared values and not our problems. And so we are often reactionary. We are often, you know, like, like talking about how Todd Rikita is not the sharpest tool in the shed. And like, it's like, duh, we know that, right? But that, <laughs> it's like, but that doesn't actually bring people into the fold at all, right? When we talk about that. And so if we lead with shared values, if we talk about how, 
you know, regardless of who you are or where you're from or your economic status, you deserve the right to vote and it should be easy and convenient. Um, and the problem we're facing is that our Indiana legislature is opposing more arbitrary guidelines against that right now. Um, and so we need you to vote to show them that you care about this issue. Right. That is a much more aligned message that can bring in the left of the party, the centrist, you know, even some Republicans into into a fold. Right. And so that is something we talk about a lot. Um, and then the other uh, there's a couple other big ones. Um, one is that we we need to uh, the saying goes we need to sell the brownie, not the recipe. And so if you're walking down in a grocery store and you see the like brownie boxes, like what's on the front of the brownie box, right? A beautiful picture of a brownie. Mm -hmm. What's on the back of the box that you can't see is the recipe. Um, and so we are often selling our plans, our policies, our programs, and we're not selling the outcome of what those programs are, right? And so, you know, and, and so that's something I think we really need to get back to is, is is selling the outcome, right? And selling selling the brownie and not the recipe. And so we just need to paint a clear vision of what our future looks like. Um, and, and again, not just what we oppose, but what we are for, and then like um, what we want to do with that. And, and then the last one that I'll talk about is uh, we we talk about a lot. We need, uh, and it's kind of a joke, a Midwestern joke, but we need um, less ope and more yep. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you ever heard Midwestern like go oh as they walk by somebody or something if they're trying to get by somebody. And so, um, we talk Sorry, about in the region. I, we don't do that up here. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it might be different, but and we, but the the theory is that we just need to lose some of our Midwest humbleness, right? Like we are too humble. Uh, we don't celebrate our wins enough. Um, and we don't, um, and then it, and again, putting on a partisan hat, we don't celebrate our Democrats doing good work up and down the state enough. And so, um, if we were 90% you know, talking about all the good work we were doing and then, you know, and then, you know, 10% or 15, whatever, you know, you wanted to put in there were those attacks and talking about the issues and problems. Cause, cause it's not unwarranted, right? There's really bad things going on in our state that needs to be talked about. We just can't lead with it all the time. There has to be a better, uh, balance of, of how we're messaging um, to Hoosiers, regardless right. of the spectrum. So. so, you know, the other part, the second part of that project mm -hmm. is really getting the message to people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I last year worked with, you know, 29 outstanding Democratic women candidates, mm -hmm. um, we worked hard on messaging. Um, but we figured out really too late that we were not getting our candidates' messages to the to people who were not already going to vote for them right and so you know so and i have said this over and over i mean i there is this insulated stream of information that is not local it's nationally produced and it's going straight from the national level to you know to republicans and in particularly in rural areas um where people are listening you know just to radio and are not you know maybe on the internet as much Right. And, yeah. and then, of course, you couple that with the algorithmic outcomes of indicating a preference on social media that drives the algorithm to um, keep sending you more stuff like that. So, you know, so you get exposed to less and less diverse opinion um, on the on, on social media. Yeah. So so that's, um, you know, not to throw another, you know, 
Oh yeah, um, you're right though. Yeah, obstacle just... at you, but um, <laughs> right. but um, but I mean, you're doing a great job of you know you know working on what's a great message. But there is really that other whole issue of how do you get that message to uh, people other than the people you know and love. Um, oh, no. our, you know, we could not get our message, and and I will tell you the other experience was that um, the the Republican opponents of the women that I worked with, they kind of knew this. And they knew that they would they would benefit most from just staying quiet, laying low. We could not get people to do public forums, yeah. you know, um, because they didn't have to. And the messaging, you know, was already there, and it was taken care of, you know, at a much higher pay grade. And um, and so so we do have to figure out. Also, I mean, of course, my theory is that well, it means you have to actually go out and talk to each person, right, um, face to face. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, that, that's yeah. really the only sure way to avoid that. But anyway, I'm sure you're going to be working on that too. You know, a, a little bit for sure. And so distribution is a huge issue across the board, right? And so we do not have, um, again, in a partisan sense, we do not have um, a progressive framework for how we distribute our message at all in Indiana. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and so there's, the multitudes of you know earned media or social media, TV, print, you know, broadcast, whatever you want to want to say. Uh, but additionally, a lot of it, two factors I think about a lot is um, we have to be better at paid media and getting our message out, um, which takes assets, funds, right? Yeah. It takes real real money to do, and so uh, therefore we need to have a better either institutionalized, um, whether that's from the party or whoever um, fundraising apparatus um, and or a local one. Um, for candidates. Um, and then additionally, I think the other side of it is what you said, talking to people, right? And so one of the the most thing that we suffered the most, I think, was not having our traditional um, knocking on doors and canvassing operations because of the pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it hurt us so much. Uh, and you saw states or even candidates within Indiana that did north door knocking, you know, had a, like a five, seven percent difference in outcomes. And so that is something that um, I think we need to get back to. I think we need to also just get back to the true meaning of like organizing, right? And so right now, like, especially if you've worked on campaigns and stuff, you think organizing, you automatically think dialing, you think knocking on doors. Um, but in reality, organizing is how many people can you get that message to, to take an action? That's bottom line, right? And so like, what are ways, you know, again, we can organize in a more efficient or better way, right? And so there's tons of ideas of like relational organizing and all these other ideas, right? That you talk out but like um yeah and so those are those are definitely things i think about all the time like um uh, uh amongst my my other uh, busy things but yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i know from uh you know that was one of the things we um learned the innovations of the obama campaign you know who won indiana you know um and was that they didn't try to get people to volunteer they tried to empower people to lead yes and um and you know a very you know very significant distinction and, yeah. and, you know, and aligns with what you're talking about, you know, um, empowering people to lead is different than just getting volunteers. Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. that's a really great point. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. And I, I like that. So. <laughs> yeah. so, all right. So we're almost out of time. But cool. I want to give you just a few minutes to anything else that you'd like to, um, you know, to give us uh, information on or putting words of wisdom that you'd like to share. That would be great. Yeah, in general, I would love for every single person to go to withhopewewin.com. 
um, verify that you're registered to vote, even if you think you are. We often know in Indiana that you magically get misplaced off the rolls. And so verifying where we think is just as important as registering new people. And so um, you can do the, all of that on our website with hopewewin.com. Um, it takes about 30 seconds to verify your vote, uh, vote and two minutes to register to vote if you're not. And so super simple process there. Um, we are also grassroots funded in general. And so we would love your money and donations. Um, and, you know, if you have donated to candidates in the past, um, we think that donating to organizations like Hope and the many others that are out there um, is just as important um, and should be done equally. And so um, that's something we are preaching across the board is that, um, you know, we, we, we would love, you know, $5, $2, $10, whatever you can give, we would love to take that as well. Um, and that money will go straight into registering more people to vote. Um, and then uh, additionally, uh, the last thing that I'll say is that, um, uh, the best way to reach people, I think you're totally right, is, you know, your family, your friends, um, your coworkers, um, you know, and so I, everyone I know is in a group text or, you know, in a Facebook group or in a Slack group or multiple things, right, whatever you're in, like talking to people all the time, you know, send them the um, withhopewewin.com and ask them to all register to vote and verify that they're voting. And, um, all of that will lead to, you know, hopefully better turnout, um, more registrations, um, and a better Indiana in the end. Woo! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, great. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with me, Brandon. And, um, you know, I look forward to watching your organization and seeing you do great things. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, and yeah, and it was amazing to talk to you. So, um, yes, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Great. All right.